Welcome to the Baker McKenzie podcast series, Solutions for a Connected World. In this episode, we're tackling the fast evolving arena of AI, specifically focusing on its application and impact in three industry sectors, finance, law, and healthcare. To help navigate this huge topic, I'm joined by three experts today. First, we have Max Mint, data scientist at Deutsche Bank. Hi, Tom, nice to meet you. Danielle Benecke, founder and director of Baker McKenzie's machine learning practice. Great to be here. And Tobias Streich, director of regulatory affairs at Siemens Health and Ears. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Well, the first question is a big one. How is AI impacting your industry sector? Tobias, let's start with you and look at the healthcare sector. Well, AI is a huge driver in the industry sector, especially when it comes about uh, medtech, both in products and innovation, as well as in the legal and regulatory side. When we look into the sector, we need to understand what does the sector want to do with AI and why are they using that kind of technology? And the highest worries of healthcare is staff shortage, combined, of course, with cost pressure. We shouldn't understand the technology, artificial intelligence as replacing somebody or creating a robot that is doing healthcare on its own. Rather, we should understand the interest of the industry to improve healthcare and provide health equity for everyone. With a higher and faster adoption of AI, we can help overcoming the staff shortages and, and increase effectiveness and efficiency in provision of healthcare by, for example, providing faster and more accurate diagnosis and treatment, leading to less side effects and targeted treatments. Thanks, Tobias. Danielle, how is it impacting the legal profession? The first thing I would want to share around this is back in 2017, we put together a machine learning task force to consider what this arc of development might mean for the future of our business and the legal industry at large. And one of the really simple thought models we developed back then, which I think still holds true and is in fact reinforced by the latest developments that we're seeing in the technology in the market, is that lawyers, both in-house and in firms, have since the beginning of our profession delivered four key things. Knowledge, we tell the client what the law says. Labor, we perform tasks, both legal and non-legal. Prediction, we anticipate what might happen based on the law, how it might evolve. And judgment, we tell the client what to do. And even back in 2017, it was clear that machine learning and other types of AI were starting to disaggregate many of the tasks that have traditionally made up those first three parts of the value chain, knowledge, labor, prediction. And I think the same is the case for many other expert and knowledge industries, because knowledge, labor, and prediction are essentially inputs into the full thing, which is judgment. Judgment is more complex. It is far and above the most important thing that lawyers and legal professionals provide. And what it does is it provides the ability to contextualize the law within the client, the market, and society. And that is, even given the latest advances, extremely difficult for a machine. And so the dynamic that we saw developing back then, which is now in 2023 accelerating, is that knowledge, labor, and prediction are increasingly AI-enabled, AI-driven, and optimized. And the work and the value of human layers and other professionals is aggregating in that judgment layer. And Max, let's bring you in here to discuss the financial sector impact. 
we are developing an algorithm which is called next best offer. So for example, imagine you have your own portfolio and what we are doing is we are screening on a daily basis risks in your portfolio uh, that could occur. For example, concentration risks, um, breaches, uh, your asset allocation is no longer correct. Then our algorithm will be triggered. Then, then we are looking at you, Tom, how you are invested in, uh, what is your preferences. Maybe you are a guy who's into tech stocks in North America, or maybe you're someone who has a huge footprint in sustainability funds. You have to quantify what is in for you, what are the benefits. So for example, is your asset allocation improving or are we reducing concentration risks for you? For sure, we cannot guarantee performance, but what we can do is measure risks and reducing risks is always a good thing, right? Yeah. And there we see very cool benefits. Well, let's take a deeper dive into more of the benefits and of course, some of the challenges. Tobias, let's circle back to you here. Right, so AI in adoption in the healthcare sector has both benefits and challenges. When we look at benefits, it's uh, prone to combine uh, multitudes of uh, diagnostic uh, data to come with a, with a faster, with a more targeted diagnostic recommendation or to dis detect suspect lesions in, in uh, radiology images or to reduce the necessity of ionizing radiation by using AI-supported tools in the scanners, um, in the X-ray detectors and the like. We talk about real-time navigation and cath lab and, and uh, predictions to response levels for radiation therapy that would be calculated even before the therapy starts. So the technology is here to help. However, as with all companies, you need to somehow understand who's paying for it. I guess that's one of the fundamentals in healthcare, that there is a big chunk of technology that is being applied to a healthcare professional. And on the other side, you need to ask somehow how can I benefit as a user of that technology in order to sustain my business? I mean, in the end, it's a business. Having that challenge, we need to more broadly and on a longer term understand the actual clinical benefits of the effects of using AI in healthcare. And this is being done with partnering studies. Brilliant. I love the part that you said there about radiology and looking at images. I know that lung cancer is one of the biggest killers and therefore Detecting it early is extremely important. Is there anything you can build out on how AI can help here? Well, lung nodules is kind of a morphic situation that emerge and they are hard to detect, especially if you don't use diagnostic imaging technologies. So the approach that industry will take is to combine imaging data with laboratory data. So in the end, it's not focusing on one particular aspect of a disease, it's trying to build a holistic understanding about the interaction of a disease within the human body by, for example, trying to model the relevant organs and physiological and anatomical situations within a digital twin concept. In the end, it's a bit like innovations uh, start with uh, science fiction. Think of Star Trek, where there's kind of a hologram of a patient and that shows, hey, here's the root cause, here's the fracture, here's the lesion. And to be very honest, why shouldn't healthcare of tomorrow be that immersive? Why shouldn't it be? So our anticipation is to create that digital twin of the human by starting small, modularizing over time, and then finally get to that understanding that for a certain disease or for a certain anatomic region, we're able to understand it, including effects from uh, pharmaceutical and so on. 
Fascinating stuff. Max, what about the benefits and challenges of AI to the finance sector? I would say they are supporting investment managers, helping him to do his job better. We are not at a, at a stage where we say they outperform investment managers, but they can give them hints and they can do a lot of daily work, screening all portfolios, checking are there concentration risks and so on. This might be a painful task. So here AI is a very good add-on technology and then giving some first ideas that helps the investment managers. And are there any challenges that come with that, Max? For sure. <laughs> I mean, there are regulations. Obviously, it's a very difficult problem to solve. Everyone is invested differently, has its own flavors and so on. But also, and we saw that different market phases. Once we developed NBO, next best offer a couple of years ago, we didn't thought about increasing interest rates. No one thought about that. Now we are having them back. <laughs> and the question was also for us, how did the NBO adopted this trend? And interestingly, we saw at the beginning um, much more proposals considering money market funds. So the ones who are interesting for short-term investments. And now we see more and more bond proposals, which makes also sense. And this is quite interesting to see how AI is adopting it here in different market phases. Danielle, same to you about the benefits you've seen AI deliver to Baker McKenzie and your clients. What we are doing is using technology to deliver the best quality and value services that we can in the market. And what that looks like in practice is an increasingly digitized version of what we sell to our clients. What we are selling is increasingly AI-enabled professional services or legal judgment services, as, as we like to put it. So a couple of successful pilots this past year include developing for a leading technology client customized generative AI models that are trained on Baker McKenzie know-how that perform at 100% substantive accuracy for routine legal queries. We've also developed with our tax practice some high-precision generative AI-powered workflows that performance testing shows can deliver the 80% speed and efficiency gains as well as quality improvements for transfer pricing work, for instance. And then other projects include developing with our global trade practice, a solution that combines foundation models and data mining at scale to help some of our leading technology and other clients identify and mitigate strategic supply chain risks arising from geopolitical instability. And what about the challenges? There are genuine privacy, privilege, client confidentiality, and other regulatory concerns with models and tools that leverage these models. We are a highly regulated industry. We are also a highly regulated industry that is driven by relationships of trust. And part of that relationship of trust that is fundamental to the attorney-client relationship and fundamental to our business is trust that we'll be dealing with the client's data in an appropriate way. And so all of those different regulatory pieces are still being figured out in our industry. There is a maturing conversation around governance and the technology is also 
evolving to meet some of these governance challenges too. We have seen all sorts of legal technology products start to evolve to meet some of those governance challenges by providing enterprise-grade security features, by enabling uh, use on-premise or in private cloud environments. So the market is evolving to meet the governance challenge. Also, the governance frameworks and regulatory frameworks are evolving in tandem too. So it's a very, very fast-shifting landscape right now. Well, let's build out on safety of AI models and take a deeper dive into the laws and governance frameworks surrounding the use of AI. Tobias, what's your take on this within healthcare? When we look on the laws and regulatory landscape for AI in healthcare, we need to understand AI is not alone. We already are high regulated and no law stands on its own. Rather, we need to understand we're starting from the medical device regulation as the basic framework. And depending on which technology we use in a particular product or service, that particular technology regulation comes on top. And that's good when this particular technology regulation stands somehow to itself. However, in recent developments, and especially with the AI Act, we gain high concerns about the overlap between the two regulations or regulatory framework and the interplay that is existing. So for example, today, we have the medical device regulations, we have data privacy laws, cyber directives, we have the ordinance level decrees we need to anticipate as manufacturers as well. We have the AI Act, we're talking about the Data Act, the European Health Data Space, the Access to Health Data Act in Germany, future hospital laws, and so on and so forth. So you see, it's not just one legal framework that is constantly and unified applied to medtech, but it's a multitude. Some person even called it regulatory lasagna. Really enjoyed the regulatory lasagna term. Tobias, thank you. From one highly regulated industry to another. Max, your thoughts? I mean, besides external authorities, we have also internal control functions. So we have currently eight control functions, ranging from compliance, legal, data protection, and all of them, they're looking very critical on what we are doing. And on top of that, we have external auditors, so plenty of controls, I would say. We see that more and more regulations are coming. That's true. But it's also for good to evaluate our AI algorithms with those new frameworks. We have to work in a responsible way, right? So there we really have to make sure everything is working properly. We as a Deutsche Bank, we have the responsibility to develop controlled AI algorithms. So we as developer, we have to ensure this. But we were also controlled and measured against that by different control functions. And it's good that we have it. So nothing is developed by a single person which is uncontrolled and be delivered to clients. It's definitely not the case. Thanks, Max. Any last thoughts from everyone around safety and regulation before we leave? Danielle. So I think the the cautionary tale of history is that there is always that danger that the technology itself is going to be regulated rather than the application of the technology. Laws that seek to regulate the technology rather than the applications of the technology typically go out of date faster. They are over or under-inclusive in damaging ways. So my, my hope is that we will see less of that regulation than we have in previous technology waves. 
But I think there are already signals that certain certain countries around the world are pursuing that kind of approach. Max. Yeah, definitely. To summarize, I would say our ultimate approach is always combine artificial with human intelligence. So not running AI isolated. AI has to run in a controlled environment because we as Deutsche Bank, we are responsible for implementing and delivering solutions that are working. So using the technologies, using the advantages, but in a controlled and responsible way. And Tobias. So first of all, we need to understand AI in healthcare has its limits, which means it's not generative. It's not going to adopt itself without the control of a manufacturer. I think when it comes about AI in healthcare in general, we need to understand we are building on trust in a situation where persons are potentially quite volatile. They are relying on this trusted and empathic relationship with their caregiver, with their physician. AI should not distort this relationship between the caregiver and the patient. However, we need to understand that we have some work ahead when it comes to overcoming legal patchworks and somehow creating that one concept for medtech to unify the application of data privacy and to close the gap, especially between academia research and industry research, especially when it comes about the access of data. AI will be an helper in healthcare. And I do believe we as a society stand here right now at a point where our ancestors in the 70s to 90s were when computers were introduced into offices. This was perceived as scary and taking away jobs. In the end, practically we work more with computers than computers work with us. We need to cautiously understand that technology as a society and implement it for our needs. If we misuse it, it will be our burden to work with that situation in the future. What a great point to end on. It's been a fascinating discussion hand by all. Thank you to all our guests. Tobias Schreig from Siemens Health and Ears. Thank you for this great session, Tom. And Max Mint at Deutsche Bank. Thank you very much, Tom. It was a great opportunity. And last but certainly not least, Danielle Benecke from Baker McKenzie. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Tom. And thank you to everyone for listening. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.